Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Weyck. It's wonderful to have you in the studio with us today again as we talk about how we as Christians can be salt and light, both in our personal lives, with our families, in our churches, in business, and also in government, in the socio-political arena. We want to make a difference. The scripture is very clear about us being salt and light. And so here we are. We're going to be talking to Olga and to Ashley today. Olga, welcome to Salt and Light. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley, welcome. Good to have you with us in the studio. It's lovely being here. Ashley and Olga are young ladies that work uh, full-time in the ministry. And they are um, going to chat to us about the topic of Should Christians Remain Neutral? Ashley, give us a bit of background before we get into this hectic topic uh, about you. Um, so I am Ashley. Um, I was born in Cape Town and I've lived here for most of my life. And um, I am a qualified graphic designer. Good. Cape Townian. Welcome to Salt and Light. Olga, tell us about yourself. All right. My name is Olga. I was born in Limpopo and I moved to the Western Cape about uh, three years ago now. And um, um I have a diploma in human resource management. Wonderful. Welcome from Lapopo, Olga. Good to have you with us. So back to our topic, we are talking about should Christians or can Christians really remain neutral? So we have this issue of uh, people often telling us as Christians, you know, you mustn't interfere. Who are you to tell somebody they can't have an abortion? Who are you to tell the government that they can't steal or take away land. Who are you to tell? And it goes on and on and on. Um, because people think that we as Christians should remain neutral. We shouldn't be interfering in areas that have got nothing to do with us, according to whoever standard they depend and uh, their ideas of you know where we should be able to say things and where we can't say things. And I've seen this in social media, literally on our own uh, missionary in Africa social media page, people saying, get out of Africa, who do you think you are, go back to Europe, um, stop bothering the Africans, all this kind of nonsense. The, the fact that my family's been here for over 300 years somehow doesn't play, have any uh, part in this. But this is the kind of nonsense that goes on there. They're saying, you must be neutral, you mustn't interfere with anybody else, keep quiet and go home. That's that's the attitude. So get us started, Ashley. How do we how do we start thinking about this topic? Um, so I would say that neutrality doesn't necessarily exist in this context. Like humans can't be neutral, and it's I feel like it's almost impossible. And um, if we take it from a Christian perspective, we'll go back to God. Um, God always requires us to make a decision. Our lives are a series of decisions we make for ourselves so whether we decide to be christian or not um you know that is you've had to decide that yes every and then you can take it further in every aspect of our lives um no matter what we do if it's in our family or um, business or what you study like you know even well, that makes sense things. yeah you're going to decide on who your friends are and who you're not going to hang out with yeah. literally you know and who you're going to do business with yeah who are you going to go to church with? Who are you going to worship God with? Mm. Yes, it does. It really affects every area of our lives. And even um, how you're going to react to certain situations or, you know, um, even the, the things inside us are a choice, like your feelings and your thoughts and what you focus on yes. and everything. I would say nothing, like no part of us can actually be 100% neutral. 
Well, that's an interesting idea. Well, uh, Olga, do you agree with Ashley? Do you think we're on the right track at the start of our program? 100% I'm with Ashley on this one. There is no neutrality of, on anything. You know, it's, yeah, you make a choice. Well, then you, you're going to argue then that even if you say you're neutral, you're still taking sides. Yes. Especially if we're dealing with social issues, for instance, yes. Yes. you know, to say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm completely neutral on the issue of abortion. No, you've taken sides yes. just by saying that. The but doing nothing about it means you're okay with, with, exactly. with what's happening. Yeah. Yes. And there's actually, um, there's many historical events that reflect that concept. Um, we can also take in, um, in World War II with Hitler, um, how part of the church um, was um, neutral or they decided to remain silent. They didn't want to speak against him, but they didn't want to speak for him. But in remaining, in remaining silent, they made a choice because then by default, they, side, they were siding with Hitler. So, and that had serious repercussions. We could argue that for, for any central government and us remaining silent when there is evil or wickedness that has that is being perpetrated against mm. people groups yeah. or individuals for that matter. So very, very difficult um, issue for us because we as Christians, because we can't remain neutral means that we got to take sides, or we are taking sides, as we already argued, even if you say you're neutral, you're not. Um, the question is, how do we go about voicing our opinion? And that can also have all kinds of repercussions. And so we got people, for instance, right now, around the world with the church lockdowns, where there's certain pastors who have not locked down their churches. And they are arguing uh, from Scripture that the civil authorities um, don't have the authority from God to suspend the functioning of Christ's sovereign rule over his church and our biblical service to him. And so they're saying, well, um, God tells us we must observe the Sabbath, the rest, uh, forever and ever. We are together around the word and the sacrament. We're not to give up meeting together. Uh, we're commanded to baptize, to lay hands on the sick. Elders need to anoint the sick with oil. We need to sing together, greet one another, care for one another, exercise church discipline. The state doesn't have any say in that. This is God's realm. He's decided. And so there's certain pastors, even in South Africa, that have been arrested because of this, because they're carrying on with their church services. And we've seen it in other countries too. And so there's been a legal battle in this world of, do you remain silent? Do you speak out? Do you close your church? Do you keep it open? And and this has, I think, actually been quite a challenge to the church worldwide mm. on how do we deal with these edicts or these laws that have been created just in the last year, literally dealing with the COVID issue. And how do we practice? How do we not show neutrality? How do we take sides on this issue? Yeah. Well, um, I think that pastors that are standing against it are actually in the right and how they um, they aren't being neutral because we can't be neutral and as Christians we follow God's law and so even if the laws of man are now going against that you have a duty to speak out and not remain neutral because if you are deciding to be neutral in situations like this you are agreeing with man's law instead of God's law um, 
so I think when it comes to yeah the situation of neutrality, you need to just confirm with yourself: Are you for God's law? Or are you for man's law? Yes, and the apostles, the the disciples of Jesus Christ, had the same challenge. They were told by the the leaders of the day, albeit religious leaders, that they must stop telling people about the gospel of the kingdom of God. They were told to remain silent. Mm. And their answer was, we'll obey God rather than man. <laughs> and uh, and, that, and that, that's what it's all about, at least from our Christian biblical perspective. You know, are we going to stand up and be counted or are we going to just keep quiet and just go along with things the way they are? But uh, one pastor that we've interviewed on Salt and Light already, his argument was if they could just close down the churches and we all just closed it down, what's next? Are they going to tell us what we can preach from our pulpits? Um, Are they going to control our sermons? And literally there have been countries in the world where sermons had to be checked by the state before the pastors could use their sermons on Sunday morning. Mm. So we don't want to go down that route. And uh, so here's the question. Can we, as Christians, remain neutral? Ashley says no. Olga says no, we can't. We automatically are not being neutral just in everyday life and everything we do. So, But let's talk about this. What happens if somebody really hates you, they don't like you at all under any circumstances, they don't like your Christianity, they don't like what you believe, they don't like... um, Well, I've got a good example of this. There's one young girl that I know who's spoken out about uh, something in that's very topical, uh, politically incorrect in South Africa. And one of her friends is very involved in what the Bible would call sin for us. Mm. And the friend said to her, I will only carry on being your friend if you apologize to me. Uh, Hold it. God's word says this issue is wrong. It's an abomination before the Lord. Mm. But I must apologize to you when you're in the wrong. No, it doesn't work that way. So how do we deal with people who hate us, they hate our position? Uh, We are Christians. We need to act in a certain way. What do we do? How do we deal with it? I think think we we educate them, you know, by the way we, we live and the way we react to situations. Like, for instance, I don't do something for somebody necessarily because I like them. You know, I do stuff because it's what's right. I do stuff because it has to be done. Or I help because somebody needs help. Mm. Whether I like them or don't like them, it's always besides Yes, you might not even know them. You 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 might not even know them. Yes. If there's somebody who needs help along the road or if I'm driving and somebody's stuck with the kind of stuff, I ask if they need help. I say yes. I'm like, sure, I get off and then I try to help them. That's right. Mm. It You know, it has nothing to do with, um, Mm. yeah. If, um, if someone is on the street and they've been in an accident, you can't decide to be neutral in that situation because if someone is hurt and you decide to help them, that's a decision. And to decide not to help them... It's also a decision. decision. You've chosen sides. Exactly. So no part of that situation can be seen as neutral. And um, God says in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, that um, you shall not be neutral. Anyway, can I read this? Yes, please, please read it to Um, us. You shall not see your countryman's ox or his sheep straying away and pay no attention to them. You shall um, certainly bring them back to your countrymen. You shall not see your countryman's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and pay no attention to them. You You shall certainly help him to raise them up. And God is just telling us that, um, you shall help anyone and everyone that you 
can, no matter what they are to you, how you feel towards them. Um, and so there is no neutrality. You cannot be neutral. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. God says that you should love your neighbor. He doesn't say, you know, all our, all our neighbors, mm. basically. He doesn't say you should love your closest neighbor or your neighbor neighbor or your friend neighbor. Or the one yes. you like. Yeah, yeah or just <laughs> the neighbor you like <laughs> yeah. and not the one you all don't like. All of them. Yeah, but it does get more complicated. Now, obviously, we're going to get into complicated issues because we're not going to just accept your, what you say, <laughs> Ashley and Olga. Ashley, your grandfather yeah. had a horrible experience. Tell us about that. Um, so about a week ago, um, my grandfather went grocery shopping and it was raining and it was cold. Um, our seasons are busy changing and he saw a lady on the side of the road and um, she approached him um, soaking wet in, from the rain and begging him um, repeatedly. She, he, at first he was a bit hesitant to help her this is South Africa, you can never be 100% sure. Um, but he is a Christian man and he felt in his heart he can help this woman. She's in need and she just needs a lift back home. Um, so he led her into the car, they got into his car and he started driving in the opposite direction to his home to help her go home. Um, on their way, um, she pulled out a gun, um, put it against his head and said, get out the car. And obviously, his life is important and everything. So you give up your possessions because they don't mean much. Sure. In the face of life and death. Anyway. No, you don't want a bullet in the head for you know for the yeah. car. You give up the car. Exactly. So he got out the car and um, he, uh, she kicked him out the car and um, she drove away. So she hijacked him. Yes. After he was being nice and kind. Yes. And a Christian man. Um, and showing love towards her by actually helping her out, going completely in the opposite direction to where he needed to go home. Yes. And this is what happened. But here's the challenge. He made a choice. And some of our choices, even to help people, doesn't mean that there's benefit for us. There yes. could be negative consequences when we help people. Mm -hmm. This is a terrible story. I mean, mm -hmm. we don't like to um, always think about the worst things that can happen. But I've spoken to other men, Christian men, who have said to me, I will never help a woman that's alone. If I'm alone, I will mm. never help a woman because I can't handle. I mean, it'll be devastating for my profession if she had to lay charges against me or lie about something that I did. Um, and there's just no way I can do it. So I can only help if there's other people around. Yes. And it's really difficult to, to live in a, in a world like that. I had a man come up to my car. Uh, once I was sitting waiting outside uh, a sports center where my daughter was busy with her, her sport. And I let this man into my car. He came and sat there and he showed me some things he had in a book. And he wanted me to buy a CD of his. And we had a wonderful conversation. But I was ready for action the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I struggle with this idea of being a godly man, being open to people, being able to talk openly to them tell them about the gospel of the kingdom of God, but yet I've got to be worried about having somebody sit in my car next to me because literally if he pulled out a knife, he could have put it straight into my chest. Yeah. I don't know him from a bar of soap, but I was being a godly Christian man and I wanted to, and praise God, that didn't happen. Mm. But just the other day, somebody told me at church about, uh, she met a man whose wife had just been murdered that week and he had left his area and moved to a new area 
and somebody tried to steal her handbag. She resisted because she had a lot of her studies information inside her handbag, and somebody pulled out a knife and stabbed her to death. And so these are the kinds of things um, that are happening. I mean, we could argue and say, well, she should have let the handbag go and all this kind of... No, she doesn't have to let the handbag go. That's her stuff. Nobody's got the right to steal it from you. And um, so these are difficult questions. And again, sometimes saying no could be the wise wise decision for us to make, even although it might look like we're being selfish or horrible, but we really do need to use wisdom when we are applying God's word. In other words, if you see somebody in an accident or um, trouble along the road, you're a girl alone in your car, it's probably best for you not to stop. Leave it up to the men. Mm. And I've got a friend who was driving an old combi, a Volkswagen combi, on the N7, driving up towards Malmesbury direction from Cape Town. Everybody knows where that is. have a Cape Town-linked program, Salt and Light. And... He saw an accident on the side of the road, people lying on the road. And so he stopped his vehicle to get out to help. And somebody walked up to him and said, get moving, get out of the way. We don't want your piece of junk. We don't want your junk car. Keep moving. And he realized that this was not an accident. It was a make-believe accident. And they were set up the accident so they could hijack the good Samaritans who were going to stop to help the people that were lying in the road. That's right here in Cape Town. So one needs wisdom. Yeah. You know, even if you're a man, like my friend, mm. you know, he, if he was driving a, a Mercedes-Benz, they would not have asked him to keep moving and get out the way. Mm. They would have hijacked him. So he, he was also alone again. You know, the question is, do you stop when you're alone at these places? You don't know if it's real or not or if uh, this is some kind of a, a mock-up um, accident to to steal your vehicle from you or your laptops or whatever else you might have mm-hmm. but difficult questions Very difficult. the good samaritan in scriptures what you were referring to some old uh, to old testament yes. uh, teachings uh, we've uh, we know the story of the good samaritan um, the lord jesus told the story but can the area this issue of that we're dealing with where does the issue of double standards come into this so we're saying that Christians can't remain neutral. We as Christians need to, when we make decisions, we are making decisions. And by saying that we're neutral, we aren't. We actually are choosing sides at the end of the day. And you've told us how that panned out in Germany, Ashley, um, uh, under, under Adolf Hitler. And um, I'm sure we can see it in lots of different areas in, in civil governments around the world. But where does double standards come into this for um, us as Christians? I, I would say for us as Christians, the double standard comes in with um, we uh, follow God's law. So the decisions we make are supposed to be in alignment with him. But with our world, the worldview and sort of the humanists have their own set of decisions that they would like people to make so they want christians to remain neutral or um to, to not, not interfere to not interfere so that at the end of the day their silence is um is golden yeah or from, it, from their perspective yeah or it's in agreement <laughs> yeah. with them because oh you have your own laws and things to follow but you still need to follow us and what we say. And I think it's pertinent what you say there because when you look at some of the issues that we deal with that are so-called politically incorrect in South Africa, mm-hmm. Christians aren't even allowed to air their views. Yes. 
you know, the, the secular humanists can say whatever they like, and there's no, no problem with that. And we even have this challenge in the judiciary right now <clears throat> where we've had um, somebody speak out against um, or speak for Israel, and now all of a sudden there's a big challenge about this. Um, and what's fine for other people to say nice things, um, you know, about the, the Arabs or whatever, and when Israel's criticized, and they can criticize Israel, and there's no repercussions to that, you know. Um, and we can have in the Christian community different areas on that, but the, f- the point is that he doesn't have the freedom of speech now because he's a Christian and he's talking from his own, um, his own moral basis, his own worldview. Yeah. Um, but so these are, these are difficult issues um, mm-hmm. when, we, when we consider this because there is a double standard. And it is, well, we have freedom of speech, but only if you say what we want to hear. Yes, exactly. They, um, they don't want to hear a religious perspective or, you know. Yet, we, yet we are all religious. Yes. Yeah. yes. The secular so. humanist is not uh, a religious. They are religious. Yeah, they just don't want to hear the Christian one. That's yeah. right. We Christians must listen to their religion, which is all a bunch of wrong nonsense. <laughs> and so we need to be able to get our message across in a way that people can understand us, um, that we're not being neutral on issues. Mm. But it needs to be done in a way that um, also doesn't bring disgrace on the name of Christ in our attitudes and the way we deal with things. And so that's a challenge. It's a challenge for us. Um, Sometimes we can also be illogical in the way we express ourselves or the way we um, take a stand on issues. And so to the world, or should I say, let's say, let's call it from the world's perspective, as in worldly, um, the sinful world, uh, we look as if we're being illogical, but yet we are still following God's word in what we do. And so where to from there? We struggle ourselves. We think, oh, oh my goodness, this is what God's word says, but gee, I, I really need to be able to do this now, you know. I'm really hungry. I want to steal this pie. I don't have any cash on me. Um, but God's word says I shouldn't steal, um, you know. But I might die. That's even worse. Mm-hmm. So um, we got to think through these things. And it's especially difficult when we get into the area of pastors um, who are going to be preaching on different topics. Where We've known know in South Africa now there's moves towards stopping us from speaking on certain topics. Mm-hmm. And at some stage... Um, we're going to have to declare the Bible null and void in South Africa because the Bible's very open about what God thinks about certain of our sins, which are now all of a sudden legal. Um, and so tough issues to deal with. Yeah. And I think that's uh, what neutrality in logic is exactly that is um, it's, it's impossible. It doesn't exist. Uh, neutrality is illogical. It is illogical. So, I mean, what we've been talking about, like with the Christian perspective versus the worldly perspective, they, everything is based on decisions mm-hmm. and um, nothing about either section or sector is neutral. Yes, either yeah. way, yeah. either yeah. which way, you're making a decision and you're taking sides. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Olga, you've been pretty quiet. <laughs> yes, yeah, you see, I'm just thinking here that, you know what, uh, the Bible doesn't change whether will like it or not like people can choose to speak you know whether the pastor preaches on certain topics or keeps quiet about certain topics doesn't make it any less true mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying like uh, i know people can get offended when you preach about or when you talk about certain topics at church 
But you see, that's the thing. Everybody has a part of the Bible that affects them personally. But that doesn't mean that that shouldn't be said, or that doesn't mean it, 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 it's not wrong. Mm. It just means that maybe that's a way of God or, or telling you that maybe you need to be better, or maybe you need to revisit the way you think about that certain topic. For example, if people feel like, you know what, abortion is a choice, and when the Bible clearly says that abortion is murder, so that doesn't mean the pastor should stop preaching about it. If he stops, either way, it doesn't make it any less true. God is still ab- against That's abortion. Right. Pre-born babies are still babies. They're still human. Yes. Yeah. The accusation that we pick up often is that, oh, well, the Christian was rude in what they said, or, you know, they didn't follow protocol. And, well, as one pastor said, well, I prefer the horrible way I do it than the way you don't do it. Yeah. Um, exactly. I had... Uh, a friend that was talking with his own elders and they were talking about what kind of... Uh, they were looking for a concept on evangelism that they could teach people and then go out into the streets literally and take the gospel to people. And they, he said they, while they were talking about this at the eldership, they were criticizing one of the, um, the methods, the methodology of uh, one of the gospel presentations that was brought before them. And uh, my friend said to them all, well, I, I prefer the way this one's done badly than the way you're not doing it at all. <laughs> and, and this is the kind of thing we need to consider. So, can Christians remain neutral? No, we can't. We are either which way we make a decision, we're not being neutral. It's an impossible position to be neutral. Uh, we, even if somebody hates you, uh, we still need to show God's love to them and we can't uh, be neutral in the way we deal with people. Silence is not golden. All right. Yes. We are making a choice by being silent. That's what you girls have said to me today. Yeah. I'm just giving us a quick rundown. We've, we've uh, just mentioned in passing the Good Samaritan. The person that came to help was the person that made the difference. There were others who walked past and looked the other way. They were not... Uh, the people that we are told to follow or emulate. Um, We've spoken about double standards that occur. We talk about uh, the uh, it's being illogical to think that we can be neutral. Um, we can't be. Yes. Interesting topic. Christians, we can't be neutral. We need to speak out, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. How do we know what darkness is? God's word. Exactly. How do we know what sin is? Sin God's word tells us what sin is. Um, How do we know what love is? Love is the fulfillment of the law. Sin is lawlessness. Uh, God's word tells us what these things are. And so we've come to the end of our program, Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Beek and uh, Olga and Ashley. Thank you for joining me on the program today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Good. And uh, all our listeners and friends, thank you for joining us. I hope you found this interesting topic we've been chatting about today. And all the best, and I'm Charles van Beek, closing off.